Welcome back to the Montgomery Companies Podcast. Today, we're going to let you in on a conversation that was recently had with my co-host, Calvin Graybach-Keel, and my good friend, Hawkeye legend, Kenyon Murray. We cover so much in this conversation that I think you'll find interesting, insightful, and relevant in your journey of personal development. If you're a parent, you're going to love the conversation that we share with Kenyon about raising kids, building character, and also a conversation about growing your leadership, competing at the highest level, and working on your mindset. Thanks for listening. We're glad that you're here. Here's our conversation with Kenyon Murray. Thank you very much, Jordan and Kenyon. Thank you for taking the time today. We are certainly excited and we are honored to get to be with you today. And for all of our listeners, again, I just want to welcome you to this month's professional growth and development conversation. And you are in for a treat today with Kenyon. And you're going to hear a lot about his story. We're going to have some connections to athletics. And I think it's just serendipitous that we're having this conversation at this time of the year being at June, which is halftime. And any athlete knows how important halftime is. Any professional knows how important halftime is to take a look at the previous six months, but also to get a temperature check on how we're playing. How are we doing through the first half? Because when you come together with your teams, and I would encourage you to come together with your teams or take a look at your own business to see what halftime adjustments should be made so that you finish the second half as strong as you want to finish it and achieve and accomplish the goals and hopefully exceed those goals that you had set out for the calendar year. So, Kenyon, thank you again for joining us. And to all of you listening today, we are so happy that you were with us. This could not be more fitting because uh, Calvin is a cyclone in Hawkeye country. And we've got one of the best Hawkeyes of all time with us today and Kenyon Murray. So some of you know Kenyon from his playing days, uh, former basketball player at the University of Iowa. What not everybody remembers is Ka- uh, Kenyon was actually one of Iowa's top recruits of all time. So he's a former McDonald's All-American. He was Mr. Basketball in the state of Michigan, uh, probably the biggest recruit of the Tom Davis era. And Kenyon had a great run at the University of Iowa. Uh, he stayed here, married his bride, Michelle. They have four children, uh, Demetrius, McKenna, and some of you know Keegan and Chris, who played basketball at Iowa uh, this past year. Chris just decided to return, so opted out of the NBA draft. Likely would have been a first-round draft pick, but he's going to be a first-round draft pick next year and help the Hawkeyes win. And then Keegan Murray, uh, one of the two twins, Chris's twin, um, is projected to be a top-five pick. Some are saying the number one pick in the NBA draft here in a couple of weeks. So, We'll see where Keegan falls, but what we know is this, uh, the Murray family has had a ton of success, um, not just in the world of sports, but in business. Uh, Michelle and Kenyon have been very successful in their own right for a long time. Uh, Kenyon has led in the world of sales and leadership. He's a gifted communicator. And in light of all of the success, what stood out to me about Kenyon and Michelle and their family is their values and it's their character. And before I turn it over to Kenyon to talk about character and values, uh, we were just leading a session with some Northwestern Mutual Advisors earlier today. And I was reminded of some some great words by Mike Todd. He said this about character. He said, your character is more important than your competency, your charisma, or your chemistry. And your character is something you have to work on in the dark. You can't Instagram integrity. You don't get a Facebook faithfulness. You got to work on it in the dark. 
And if you're an emerging leader and you're listening to this conversation, you should also be reminded of this, that senior leaders might be impressed with your giftedness, but they become comfortable when they see your character. So if you want to grow in your influence, if you want to have favor relationally with other leaders, we really want to work on our character, we want to work on our values, we want to understand who we are. And we're going to have a conversation with Kenya today. We're going to start the conversation there because Chris and Keegan We'll focus in on those two specifically. We could talk about the whole family. They're a coach's dream. Um, the NBA is calling them two of the most prepared prospects, most mature prospects. And it's gone a long way in helping them earn favor and grow in their influence on the basketball court. So, Kenya, my first question to you is around character development. And when you think about raising your children, when you think about being a man of character, leading with integrity, leading through your values, I'd love to hear what's been true of you throughout your leadership journey and maybe some of the lessons that you've imparted to the kids over the years? Well, I think it really started, you know, one at home with my mom and my dad from the standpoint of, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. I mean, it's a tried and true adage of, you know, if you treat people good, people will treat you well. You want to treat people especially good as you're moving up. You know, you talk about those same people that you pass or step on on the way up. Uh, to your to whatever level you aspire to be, those are the same people that when things go bad, if you didn't treat them well on the way down, you know they're not going to give you that help in hand. So it started at home when it comes to values. I think you know through sports we really use with our kids just the, the respect factor, respect the game, respect your teammates, respect your coaches, and so we've always tried to do that. You know, as as parents of kids that play sports, a lot of times the coaches are battling maybe not only the kids, but they're battling the parents at home. And so one of the things that we always made sure we did was we never badmouthed any of our kids' coaches when we were at home. It was like, what are you learning? Um, obviously, I was fortunate enough to be the coach for a lot of times uh, of my kids. And, and, and so I was able to control that a little bit. But, you know, with our kids, we always made sure that they – respected everyone that they were around. They understood giving and helping. We started a nonprofit in 2010, 2011, which also gave them that sense of helping other people because people aren't as fortunate. We may not live in a mansion, but we don't go without a roof over our head, food in our belly, clothes on our back. So what can we do each day to help someone? And I think those are the kind of things that we wanted to instill with the boys. We were able to use sports as kind of that catalyst, that springboard Um, to really help them see that. Um, But in the end, it's just, you have to live. If you want your kids to be good people and to give back, you have to live that. You can't tell them one thing and do another. And so Michelle and I have always focused on being the proper role models for our kids. And that's where it starts. It starts in the home. And you, you, you always say that, you know, being a parent is the one job you can't quit. So we, we take that very seriously. And that's really um, we feel why our kids are the way they are today. Kenyon, that's really, really, really wise. And some of the things I wrote down was to treat people the way you want to be treated is tried and true. You think about a timeless classic quote that you can live by and you can use your entire life, especially coupled with respect. Right? I love the idea of not gossiping about any coach that our kids have, which as a parent of upcoming athletes, you know, it's easy to have opinions on what the coach should or shouldn't do. And I think the way that you two have modeled that helps your kids and has helped your kids become the people that you wanted them to become, but probably as importantly, helping them become the people that they want to become. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So Kenny, I know that when we were at lunch together a while back, this is an exciting season in your life, right? And a lot of things to be looking forward to and a lot of new explorations that are to come. And many people are going to watch the draft and think like, man, this is an overnight success. And what you share with me is that, that that didn't happen, right? This is a lot of years, right? A lot of behind the scenes work, specifically with Chris and Keegan, as to how we've gotten them to this point. So can you share with the group some of that behind the scenes work that you've just been mindful mm-hmm. of all these years? You know, the, the biggest thing is uh, we, we really focused on building a solid foundation, right? The, the funny thing I was talking to a coach yesterday was Chris and Keegan do the same drills today. If they're in a gym together by themselves without any coaches, they do the same drills today. They start with the same, you know, the same uh, four or five drills that we started when they were in fourth grade. So everything that they do today is based on what we did so many years ago. But what we always talked about was you have to continue to work on the basics. You have to have a solid foundation. If you get really good at the little things, the big things are going to come easy. So like you said, it hasn't been an overnight success. There were times where they doubted themselves because the colleges weren't calling. There were times I doubted myself. You know, did I have them in the right AAU program? Were we going to the right tournaments? Was I talking to the right people? Or were my expectations of Chris and Keegan too high, right? So we got them, you know, once they got into high school and they started playing, you know, they became comfortable with the fact that, hey, if we don't get recruited by this school, we're going to continue to work hard. If we end up at a JUCO or Division II, that's okay. That's where we're supposed to be. But their, their goals for themselves were always higher. But I said, in the end, it's still going to go back to the fundamentals. What's the foundational base of what we did? And it's interesting now, they said, during the NBA process, a lot of the drills they do or have done in practice are the drills that we've been doing hmm. since they were younger. So it doesn't change. You know, there's a level that uh, there's a there's a step up in obviously athleticism, size, speed, things like that. But the game is still pure. And so from that standpoint, it's been about fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Get good at the little things. So when it's time to go perform, you're not shell shocked by the moment. Um, You know, and they have a demeanor about them that's um, really workmanlike. And I think. I always said, give me 45 minutes of work in the gym. And after that, I don't care what you do. So we always kept it fun, too. There was a level of intense focus and concentration, but then there was also a level of fun. And if we're in a gym two hours, an hour and 15 minutes of it, they were doing what they wanted to do, having fun with that. And we didn't really push it upon them because in the end, they still have to love it. They have to love the game. You can't get to this level without loving. You can't be successful in any industry without loving what you do. But to be really good in your industry, you have to work on the little things and do those things well. So, so many parallels to the business world and, and, and to athletics. Um, and I use a lot of that, you know, in my sales experience as a regional manager and things like that with Henry Shine Dental was just work on the little things, have those little successes every day, get better each day, and then you'll start reaping the rewards of all that work. Been said that what you do daily establishes who you become permanently. And, you know, you listen to, Kenyan talk and there's a there's a whole book here um, and there's a there's a really cool uh, story about a family and and about young people who overcame a lot of adversity but also defied the odds and not everybody knows this about Chris and Keegan's story specifically we'll, we'll talk about Demetrius and, and Kenna too 
Um, but people forget this, that Keegan and Chris had one Division I offer coming out of high school. One, and it was to Western Illinois. That was it. So they go to DME, a prep academy in Florida. They improve their game. They come back. And I remember a lot of conversations with you, Kenyon, over the last couple of years. And we were eventually like, hey, um, Keegan could, he could be like a first round draft pick like that. Like this is getting real, you know? And then it was like, he could be a lottery pick. Like he could be a top 10 pick. And now it's like, he could be the number one pick. Like he, he actually might be the number one pick in the NBA draft and, and join people like Le- LeBron James and, and that sort of, you know, really unique category. Um, I want you to speak to some young people on the call today who have really big goals that maybe seem far away uh, where people maybe have doubted them or maybe they, they're even doubting themselves. Um, I would love for you to speak to some of those emerging leaders who are thinking about accomplishing big things, but, um, but don't know how to get there or maybe are, are struggling to make the connection on the steps to get there. Yeah. I, I think for younger leaders, and I, I think it goes for us too. Like we have to have mentors. We have to have people that we plug into people that have been there, done that because to have success in this industry, there's a lot of people on this call that have had it. So why not tap into the people that have already done it? Um, one of the things that we would talk about with Chris and Keegan, they joke about it now is that I would have them watching film with me, right? I had, they, we had to pop in the old VHS tape and, and, and you know, mo- some of you guys may not have even watched the VHS tag, but either way, um, what I showed them in that was just the little things, you know, how do you set a screen? How do you, come off a screen, you know, what are you looking at for this move? So like, there's always little things that you can pick out in the film that's going to help you be really good. So same thing here. Um, one, you say it a lot. You don't have to have a title to be a leader. Um, and you also don't have to have a title to have these huge aspirations. If you're just starting in the industry, but you want to be a Calvin Grayball Keel, like there's things that that should be a goal that you keep but are you going to do the things that Calvin did to get there? Now, the journey may be a little bit different and the skill set may be a little bit different, but there's things that, that Calvin can tell someone that, hey, this is what I did, this is what I did. You may morph that or mold that to who you are, but my biggest thing is tap into the people that have been there and done that. And so for Chris and Keegan, it's been like you hear the story. They tapped into Luca Garza. They tapped into Joe Wieskamp. Um, when they were at DME, they were able to train with a guy named Tom Shaw, who trained Michael Vick, Tom Brady. So when it came to their body and fitness and things like that, they, they were sponges when it came to what Tom told them to do. So along the way, it's always been like seek knowledge from the people that have done it and been successful at it. I don't have all the answers. And one of the biggest things that I did, and this may be a little bit off, off topic, the biggest and hardest thing I did was to give my kids up and let somebody else coach them. You guys have no idea. I mean, I was in tears because I wasn't there every day. I felt like I was being shut out, but I knew that for my kids to get to the level that they're at, I didn't have the skill set anymore to help them. It didn't matter how many videos I watched or how many books I read. I knew that real world uh, experience that would help my boys get to this level, I didn't have. So you have to be willing to have faith that somebody else, that they have the knowledge to help you or help someone. And the boys trusted that. Um, Jordan won't say it, but I mean, he, he has been such a great support to our family. So part of you becoming successful too is plugging in with people that are going to hold you accountable. Um, they're going to, they're going to, you know, pick you up and you might be down. 
So the people you surround yourself with also help with the success that you're trying to achieve. If you're around people that love that, that are doing the right things and you see the, the success come out of that, then you need to be around those people. And the people that you distance yourself from may be family. They may be friends that you grew up with. But if you really have those goals, you have to put yourself in a situation that is going to allow you to blossom and grow. And so for the young, young people on the call, you know, your goals and your dreams are your goals and your dreams. And no one should ever take those away from you. But there's a process and a, and a checklist and steps you have to take to get there. So plug into the people that, like I said, have been there and done it. And I know that you'll, you'll start to have those, you'll start going up the ladder like you want to, and you're going to do it the right way with the right people around you. Kenya, that is so helpful. And what I loved that you said is, are you willing to do the things that those that have come before you did to get to where you want to be? I think many of us as young professionals see what we want, but we never think, are we willing to do what they did to get there? And I think if you can take, we can take that ownership to be willing and committed to do those things. It is only a matter of time then before you reach some altitude that you desired. Absolutely. And also, I just want to, I just want to acknowledge, I mean, the courage and the trust that you had to let go because many times we have to let go to grow. And that's what you allowed those boys to do. You let go so they could grow. And that was hard for you, but also took courage and also took a lot of trust. So kudos to you. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it was. There was, there was a lot of tears. <laughs> <laughs> so Kenny, I'm, I'm going to take, take you home a little bit because anybody who knows you knows that leading at home is important. And being a leader at home is probably the most important game that we got to win, that we got to play hard at. So can you share with all of us what that means to lead at home, what that means to win at home? Um, to lead at home, I think, first starts with um, understanding the responsibility of being a father and a husband. Um, it also uh, can be very sobering, especially if you're not really, if you're not transparent, if you're not very honest with yourself. So I think first and foremost, for me to lead at home, um, I had to, to, to make sure that I was trying to be the best version of myself every day as a husband and a father. And I, and I, and I failed at it miserably as a husband, honestly. Um, you know, Jordan and I have had this conversation four years ago. My wife were trying to figure out if we were going to stay together. And it was affecting the kids. Um, but I had to look in the mirror and say, okay, who do I want to be? What kind of man do I want to be this point forward? And so there was a lot of soul searching and I really had to work on myself as far as if I'm going to lead this family, if I'm going to be the best father and husband I can be, then I need to work on being the best version of me. And it's a very, like I said, it's, it's a hard thing, but it's a sobering thing. And I can't tell you like these last four years have been the most enlightening time of my life. I can't believe I was a person I was before. My wife always says that she likes her new husband. So um, that's, uh, that, that's first and foremost, but um, I know I have a responsibility as a father um, to be the best example for my boys, understanding what um, being a man means in this world, um, what being a partner to, um, you know, your significant other means in this world to my daughter, um, the kind of man that she should look to when she thinks about dating and getting married and those kind of things. So to lead in my home, I say, am I doing the things on a daily basis that 
not only my kids can be proud of, my wife can be proud of, but they can go out and emulate and, you know, they can continue kind of, you know, being, being the best versions of themselves. So for me, leading in the home starts with really taking an inventory of the good and the bad, trying to be better every day and making sure that the example that you're setting for your wife and your kids is one that they can be proud of when they talk about you, because it's when, when they're not with us that we really see do those lessons and those, you know, do the things that we do at home come out in the real world. And I can tell you, Michelle and I both are like, if, if people say they're great kids, we would rather people say that they're great human beings, great kids, as opposed to being great basketball players. And we know that that starts with the example that we set at home. I think one of the things that stands out among many in your leadership, Kenyon, is your authenticity and vulnerability. And um, to know the Murrays is, is to know people who keep it real. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle really keeps it real. Yeah. And I love, I love how you've shared that journey with your kids. You've been very open with Demetrius, with Kenna, with, with the twins about, um, about your choices and about uh, your marriage and about um, how you want to lead in the home and where you've fallen short. And I think that's a, I think it's a great lesson for all of us just as parents, because if there's one thing um, that's for sure true is that we're all imperfect parents. And, um, you know, and, and sometimes we're imperfect, you know, in our, in our journey with our spouse. And so I just have appreciated your authenticity and your vulnerability and how you've led. And people should know this, that you and Michelle actually have a show and you're bringing it back. Um, and so yeah. it's, it's all focused on, do you want to, do you want to speak? I, I didn't have that, um, in our notes, but did you, did you want to talk about that real quick? Sure. No, we, um, it was actually, so our counselor at the time we went through marriage counseling, um, he actually, we talked about, Hey, we should we wanted to document this journey, right? Because what we found, we did a Facebook live and people, there were a lot of people that were like, oh my gosh, we're going through this, like the same things. So we're like, how many people, how many married couples are going through some of the same things we are? And so we started a YouTube channel called Marriage WTF. And the WTF really stood for what we know it to stand for. But Michelle's like, why don't we switch it? Because we're going through a journey where we feel like our marriage is worth the fight. And that's what WTF stands for. So, yeah, we did uh, we did like 10 episodes on our YouTube channel, Marriage WTF. And, and the thing that we fall and you talked about a lot, too, just in the, that podcast world, there's not a lot of people out there talking about marriage um, in this way, being so raw and actually talking about it as you're going through it. So Marriage WTF was us going through that process of going to counseling um, the ups and downs, you know, there's some pretty emotional episodes of it, but we know that there's other couples out there that struggle with the same things we struggle with. Your friend and now my friend, John Gordon, listening to his book, uh, Relationship Grit, you could literally replace John and Catherine with Michelle and I, and, and that's our story. And we know that there's more out there. So we feel that um, it's not about how many followers we get or anything like that. We just know that if we can use the platform to help other couples, myself to help other men, herself to help other women, who we all have things in our past that make us who we are. But when you become a couple, sometimes you bury those things. And, and what we found that the things we buried were some of the things that were tearing our marriage apart. So we bring it all to the open and we move forward. So it's, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, but we're going to bring it back. Hopefully, uh, January, we'll start the podcast and bring it back, but it's been truly inspiring and, it's definitely helped me and uh, you know about that journey. So 
So yes, it, it was an awesome thing to do with her. So hey, we're gonna we're gonna link the show. Uh, we'll have a link to the show in the show notes, so you all can go check it out. Marriage WTF? It's coming back. Uh, we're we're just getting Kenyon today, but you can get Michelle and Kenyon if you check out the show. Yeah. So man, I I do believe that authenticity and vulnerability is part of what makes you special as a leader and as a human. But one of the things that I've really come to appreciate about you and our friendship, and I've witnessed you putting this on display in multiple moments where um, m- maybe other people would have operated differently. And I think it's your, I think it's your kindness and your humility. And I'll tell a quick story um, because this past fall, we went to this football game and I remember like we're headed to the game and I'm like, Hey man, like, so, you know, how many games have you caught recently? Or like, what's your, you know, a typical season, like how many are you going to? And you're like, no, I haven't been to a football game for a long time. Like, and I'm like, man, that's interesting. Like a sports guy, Hawkeye, like what, why have you not been around Kinnick stadium? And uh, we're about 10 minutes into the tailgating experience. And I became very well aware of why you don't go to football games or out to tailgate at Kinnick. And, and I'm not exaggerating for our listeners. I mean, it was literally every two steps you were getting stopped by people. People wanted to ask about the boys. People wanted to ask about you. One lady wanted to give you advice on what you should do like with Chris. And it was like fourth quarter of the football game. And you gave her like 20 minutes. I thought you were crazy. Like, <laughs> dude, get out of here. Like, Shut the conversation down. And you just kept giving people time and you were gracious and you were hospitable and you were generous. And I will never forget that day. And I came home, I came home and I told Ash, I'm like, man, Kenyon is so gracious. I cannot believe he let all those people ask questions. And, and you were just, you were just a friend to people. I mean, but that is part of who you are. It's who God made you to be. Uh, man, I think that is, I think that is in you. And so here's, here's the, here's the question. How do you manage that? Um, Cause I know there's times that are very frustrating to you. I know that faith is a big part of your life. Um, I know that you, be, you believe you've been blessed and you've said it this way, that people are not admiring you. They're, they're admiring the gift inside of you. And um, I want to know how you're managing that, how you're thinking about that. How, how do you manage to make time for people to demonstrate kindness and humility in a world where sometimes people just want to take or they want to, to stop you and, and have your time when the reality is maybe you don't always want to give it. Um, let us into that world. I think um, it goes back to one of the big reasons why I came to Iowa as an athlete is just the people, right? Like I fell in love with the people of Iowa City or actually the state of Iowa um, early on in my recruiting process. And that was one of the big reasons I, I came to the university and I've stayed because the people of Iowa are great. They get behind their athletes, they get behind their university. Those are things that were all attractive. So I look at it like when those people ask, I know that they're genuinely interested in what's going on. And when you have kids that perform like the boys do, I, you know, I I knew it was going to happen, but you know, for me, the most important part is there might be something in that conversation that I say that maybe brightens that person's day. Mm. We talk about, we never know what somebody's going through and maybe in that moment that they see me and they, and I give them that time to talk, like maybe there's something that clicks. Maybe they're not having a great day. Maybe there's something going on in their life that, you know, a family member is sick or this, that, and the other thing. But that, those 10, 15, 20 minutes of talking to me, like gets them to, to not think about that, what's going on. And so I feel like I have a responsibility to do that because the University of Iowa gave me so much. 
Um, I know my scholarship was paid for through people coming to games and things like that. So I, so I really have an appreciation for the fans of Iowa. And that was the one thing I told Chris and Keith, I was like, you have no idea what being a Hawkeye means. And I think, and they've seen that because they would hate, they're like, dad, we hate going to Iowa games. Same thing that you saw. And so my kids saw kind of that pull and I've always done it. But if you see Chris and Keegan, they do the same thing because they know they have a responsibility to the people that look up to them. Doesn't matter if they're 80, doesn't matter if they're eight. When those people want to talk to you, like it's genuine, they want to talk to you. And so I just feel like it's, it's my responsibility as a Hawkeye to continue to give back to the people that gave to me. Um, yeah. It, it, and, and, it, and, and there's times where you feel like you don't have it, but I'm also like, what if I want to talk to somebody and I really want to lock into them and, and they brush me off? You know, you don't want that because that stays with people. Like I've heard so many stories where kids or parents have told me like this Hawkeye player didn't give them the time. I was like, well, how, you know, how long? That was like 10 years ago, but it stays with them. Right. Mm-hmm. That might be the first time they meet you and you have that one opportunity to make an impression on that fan, that kid, that grandparent. And so I have to, you just, I just have to take the time um, to do that. Even if it takes away time of hanging out with you and the people I came to the football game with this, it just is what it is. And um, I'm just glad that my, my boys understand that and they've continued to do that. Um, And I'm more proud of that than anything else, because like you were talking about with the NBA, character means something. And Keegan, he may not be the most talented guy in the draft, but he's the most complete because when an NBA team says your son is a top 10 person and not a top 10 player, like that's the best compliment you can get about, I don't care where he goes. He can go to a Owen 82 team, but if that's the way they feel about my kid, then that makes me feel great and, and lets Michelle and I know that we did something right. So, so, so good. And we're, we're going to, we're going to have some fun with a couple of these next questions. We also have some questions running, running in here from some former Hawkeyes. We got Ryan Dorman with us live today. Landon Paulson. What's up, Hawkeye football? has got a question. So we'll get to a, a few uh, questions from the audience. But I know Calvin has a question he's been dying to ask you. So I'm, I'm going to let him kick off uh, the, the, the fun questions. Well, before I get to the fun questions, I, I can't just fly past the quote of experiences stay with people. Like when they experience us, no matter who they are, they stay with them. And what a great reminder for all of us every single day when we have those moments, those interactions with other adults to remind ourselves that this experience could stay with them for a long time. So, Kenyon, thanks for sharing. Yeah, that's good. All right. So the, the fun question is we all want to know two part question. Right. When was the first time you were trying to beat them one on one and you lost? Right. <laughs> So when do they legitimately beat you? And second question, if Keegan and Chris are playing one-on-one for all the marbles, who wins? Oh, man. So uh, they got really, really close to beat me when they were in eighth grade. I think I might have won by one point, right? And that was the last time I played them. <laughs> I wanted to finish you knew when to get out. <laughs> yeah. I definitely wanted to finish undefeated. Um but no, it was, it was, you know, the question always comes like, who are they better than me? Absolutely. Like, that's the goal. Like I did have a lot of success, even though I was a McDonald's all American, they were better players than I was as seniors in high school because of their knowledge and the experience and just the amount of games, the skill stuff. Like uh, I didn't start playing competitively till eighth grade. So I had a lot of catching up to do. So for me to get to that point was, I mean, that's incredible in itself. 
but uh but yeah no they uh yeah eighth grade is really when they were whew, like i'm like okay i'm I'm good right now i'm done so <laughs> um but then all the marbles who being honest it, it, it's probably they'll both tell you that they would win for sure <laughs> Um, and Chris made the comment the other day when he announced he was coming back that Chris is, Keegan's never been able to stop him one-on-one. So I think it might go on a long time and there might be scratches and bruises by the end of it, but they're so, they're so complete and they know each other so well, it'd probably be, it'd be a toss up as far as who was hitting their outside shot that game. But, but I've seen some interesting battles with them and it's gotten a little, uh, a little tested. They love each other, but inside the lines, man, there's, there's no love, but, but it's, it's fun because they do push each other. They do push each other. So I feel like that was a very That's diplomatic, that bureaucratic, very bureaucratic, bureaucratic yeah. That was amazing. That was well played. <laughs> I us, set him up, but he, he, I didn't win. He gave us no answers. No For answers. Sure. He quit playing in eighth grade, man. Yeah. Wisdom, yeah. wisdom. All right. Yeah. I'm going to ask this question for the audience, and then we're going to get to some audience questions. Um, Cause I think people want to know this. There's all this buzz. We're, we're going to focus on Keegan for a second. Um, there's all this buzz about where Keegan's going to go in the draft and who he goes to. And so this is for some of our sports listeners or certain people that might not care, but we have some people that do care. And so some are saying one to the Orlando magic. We've heard, you know, five to the Indiana Pacers. Um, where do you think he's going to end up? And um, where would you like him to end up? And you can't just give us this bureaucratic response. No, no. I'd like him to end up six to the Pacers. Obviously. I mean, it's really close. You know, one of our good friends, Mark Wise is in Indianapolis. Uh, he's their financial advisor. Um, you know, Chad Buchanan is the Iowa guy. He coached under Tom Davis. So there's a lot of pull to the Pacers for that reason and the fact that it's a good fit for him um, as a four. Uh, they've got some great guards. They've got a, a really good post player where he'd sl- slide in seamlessly, and it's obviously close. It's really close. So, you know, that would be be ideal for us just from, from a geographical it and then just a comfort level for the Murrays. Um, I honestly feel, um, like you said, he's being considered at one. I don't think Orlando's going to trade out of that position, but if they did, maybe they could go to three, take Houston's third pick and their 17th pick and get a couple players. But I think right now, I think things are pointing towards him going potentially four to Sacramento, which once again, great fit. You got an Iowa guy there in Harrison Barnes. Uh, Keegan's a plug and play. They play like Golden State with the new head coach, Mike Brown. So I think my heart says four to Sacramento, or my head says four to Sacramento. My heart says hopefully six to Indiana. Is that, was that a good answer? <laughs> that's, hey, that, that's pretty truthful. <laughs> I felt like we got your heart in that <laughs> answer. That was good. That was good. Right. I felt like we got the truth. We got, yeah, we got the truth there. So we'll tweet it out here in a little bit. Um, <laughs> I joke. I joke. Uh, all right. Hey, audience questions. Uh, we're getting to you. Tim Harrington from the Q. C, uh, Quad City, Tim Harrington says, when you wanted to find a mentor, how did you go about building that relationship with that person that eventually led to them mentoring you? And I know you've had some great mentors. So Tim, great question. Tim's an awesome mentor to many in his own right. When you think about some of the mentors you've had, how did you find them? Who were they? What did they teach you? Well, I think one of the, my longest time mentors is Greg Williams. He's, he's my high school coach, my AAU coach, literally talked to him. We, we talked two or three times a week. Uh, Greg was one of those guys that really invested in me as a basketball player. Um, Whenever I needed to get into the gym, he was there. Um, He drove us everywhere. I think he had a Toyota van that had over 800,000 miles on it. But 
but he he poured into us and he also connected us with other people. Like he was just so good. He he's so caring. Like every time you saw him, he was doing something for somebody else. And I'm like, that's the guy that I, I want to be like that. I want to do that. And to this day, like Greg came to the uh, banquet because my stepfather passed and he was really good friends with my stepdad and, and from Michigan. And Greg came to represent my dad because my dad was gone. Um, so Greg was there representing my father. So that man has been a part of my life since I was 15 years old. And so, so he, he's been great. Um, spiritually though, you know, honestly, I have this great group of guys that have been mentors to me through Bible study. And I tell these guys, I'm one of the younger guys in the group. I'm, it's a bunch of like 60 and 70 year old guys and I'm kind of hanging out with them, but they were, they've been my mentors on my spiritual journey, right? They, you know, I think you, depending on which part of your life needs to be impacted or you feel needs attention, you know, finding someone once again, that can guide you, hold you accountable and you feel as positive. Um, that's what you need to look for. And so I've been able to find different people, whether it was basketball or family, um, spiritually. Um, I've really, one, been open with people as far as what my, 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 what am I trying to do? What do I need to change? What do I need to get better at? And then through that, I think God actually kind of, he, he brings people to you for that. And, and I've truly been blessed with a great group of guys. Once again, you, David, Mark, like, we got our little group of guys. So it, it just depends on which part of you needs that attention. And I feel God kind of pulls those people in. But I have to tell you, Greg Williams from Battle Creek, Michigan, has been my mentor since I was 15 years old. And, and he always will be. So God bless you, Greg Williams. Um, awesome. Thanks for sharing. Uh, Mark Pennington and um, Ryan Dorman have a similar question. So I'm going to package this into one question and then Owen Ward, I'm coming from you. And then we're going to throw it back to Calvin to land this plane. Uh, but Mark and Mark and Ryan both have kids who are athletes, great athletes, multiple children. And they're both asking a question about balancing time and attention for multiple children. A lot of people don't know this. We often joke that the most talented Murray is uh, not Chris or Keegan. Demetrius is a very talented track coach at Cedar Rapids, Washington. Ken has got a 4.2 GPA, might go Ivy League, could play multiple sports in college at the Division I level. So you, you have kids who are talented, they're in multiple activities, competing at a high level. How are you balancing time and attention for all your kids and pouring into them in a way that they know that you care? Yeah, with, with Demetrius being older and, you know, we took him in when he was 17 and there's a lot of things that we had to work through. So as a family, we embraced everything that he was doing because he didn't have that before he was with us. He didn't have parents and brothers and sisters coming to all of his activities and supporting him that way. So when he was younger, like we really poured a lot into him, right? Even though we still had Chris and Keegan playing AAU, which I ran with them. McKenna was going her way with mom. So it was scattered and it was busy. Um, but then once we got to, um, you know, Demetrius finishes up. Now he's out into the real world. You know, he's got different things that we do there. But the biggest thing I can say, like even with McKenna now, everybody's worried with Chris and Keegan. Like we're losing McKenna's like, like, no, like when when we're in an event, whether it's Michelle or myself or even the brothers with Chris and Keegan and Demetrius coming to her games, her activities, we make sure that we're locked in. I mean, no phones. Um you know, at the Liberty game, there's a lot of people that wanted pictures with Chris and Keegan, but it was like, hey, they are here to watch their sister, you know, let them 
I said, you can, we'll do it at halftime or, you know, some after the game, but this is our family time. Like, so we try to focus in on our kids, regardless of where we're at. Um, and so it, it is difficult, but I think as a parent, you just have to make sure that you're locked in with your kids. You're invested in that moment. And it may be an hour or two that you're at the baseball field or the track meet or whatever it is, but be invested in that, be invested in whichever kid is participating. It could be dance like you, uh, <laughs> but, but, but be locked in because you know, that you don't want that question to come like, Hey dad, did you see that play that I made, you know, in third inning on this play? And you're like, Oh shoot, I was looking at my phone, you know, or I was talking to somebody else and I wasn't invested and that's happened to me. So it's one of those things like be locked in and invested in your kid when you're there, because they'll understand that they have siblings that do different things and they know that mom and dad have to be everywhere, but just, just be there for that kid, that, that moment. And they'll remember that more than they remember, okay, dad missed this game because he's watching my brother. So just stay locked in with him. Yeah, and I, I think we've seen that play out. I've seen that play out. I remember one of the Liberty games this, this last year, and there was a line of like 20 kids wanting to get autographs from Keegan and Chris, and we were in the front row, right? And mm-hmm. that, the way that you just described the way it went down is actually not how it happened. Um, <laughs> you, you like shut down the line. You're like, they're trying to watch your sister. Like, this is family time. And you were adamant about making sure that Chris and Keegan could watch their sister and you cut down the line and Michelle's like, geez, that was harsh. And you're like, this is family time. We got to protect it. So I know you're adamant, man, about, about your family time and, and, and your family staying close. Um, hey, I think there's a powerful question here. That's a good place to land this plane. Uh, I think I know what your response might be, but Owen Ward out of Manchester, Iowa, now Cedar Rapids resident, Northwestern Mutual Advisor, has this question. Um, what do you do to ground yourself when you realize you are off? How do you stay grounded? Put a Bible study, man. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, honestly, it is. It's, um, you know, we do meditate um, a lot, but I, I reach out to people. And I say Bible study because that really grounds me because the group that we have is very, it's different, you know. Um, and I'll say this, you know, very respectfully. Um, I'm the only black member of this Bible study. You know, I'm, I'm in a Bible study with, like I said, 50, 60, 70 year old white men. And it going to that group grounds me because it allows me to see the different perspective on the world. Like we're brought together because of what we're studying, what we're reading, but the conversations that come out of it are ones that really enlighten me. And I think enlighten them when it comes to how we deal with, the different things in this world that, you know, are one becoming all too, it's bad that some things are becoming all too familiar. Um, so I, so that, that's one place that I ground myself. Um, another place is, is through meditation and another place is just, is just tapping into people um, and checking in with people. Like I've got a friend, I know he's going through some, some difficult things right now, but for me, I stay grounded because a lot of things he's going through, I went through. And so I just check in with him and that really brings me back to my humanity and why am I doing the things that I do? Or if I feel like I'm off, like I just say, I need to lock in and and do something for somebody else. And, um, and then for Michelle and I, like we just veg out, you know, we spend quality time together because we're ripping and running. Um, We're blessed to have a 16 year old daughter that likes to binge watch Netflix shows on the weekends with us. Um, So 
the other part of that is just really locking back in with the family and spending family time. But, but it all goes back to, um, once again, trying to be the best version of myself. So when, when I feel like I'm off, these are the multiple things that I can do that I feel bring me back to that place that I, I need to be in. And yeah, man, it's just right now, I really feel like I'm living my, my best life with everything that's going on. So um, I just appreciate you guys having me on and letting me share today for sure. Kenyon, um, you mentioned earlier in your talk about being the best version of yourself. And today you reminded a lot of people, including myself, to continually work at being the best version of yourself. It doesn't just always happen by accident. It doesn't happen every single day, but it's not something that we can ever stop trying to accomplish. And I think if that's our guiding principle based on your suggestion, that is going to put so many of us in a great spot for our future with our friends, and most importantly, with our family. So thank you for sharing what you shared today. We know that you could be anywhere in the country this morning, probably anywhere in the world this morning, and you chose to be with us. And just know that we do not take that for granted, and your efforts from what you've shared today has not gone unnoticed. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Kenyon, you are uh, a friend to many. You're a leader in our community. Uh, You're a leader in the state of Iowa. There's a lot of people looking to you as an example of what it means to be a father and a leader inside the home and a husband. And so I just want to say thanks for your friendship. Thanks for investing your time and energy with our crew and our community. So many people that we care about any final words of wisdom from the husband, father leader, Kenya Murray. No, I would say, um, you know, to Calvin's point, just continue to, to, to try and be, like you said, the best version of yourself. It, it's not every day. We all, we're all flawed um, and, and we're supposed to be flawed, but we're also, um, we're also not meant to do this alone, right? So becoming the best, being the best version of yourself is not just on you. It's about the people you tap into. It's about the people that hold you accountable. And it's about the people that you know have your best interest in mind. And so I would just say, re- realize we're always under construction. You know, I say that a lot. Um, I'm always trying to get better each day. Um, Michelle and I have this thing now when I when I when I'm off or I'm not and I'm not doing me the right way, she tees me up. So, <laughs> so I, I get teed up a little bit here and there. But um, but, but like I said, this is that. it's a marathon and, and not a sprint. So whatever your goals are, whatever you're going to be, just know that you're going to have little hiccups uh, on that journey. But when you surround yourself with the right people, you tap into the right things and you keep the right things aligned with your values and and who you truly are, good things will happen to you. So um, once again, I appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate the time. Hopefully, maybe there was a nugget in there somewhere today for somebody. But um, but yeah, um, I'm I'm always available. So if anybody ever I'm on social media, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter at Peahawk Kenyon. so, uh, and then too, for everybody, there's going to be some big news coming out in the next like week or so. So about me. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. Big announcement. And it will affect the state of Iowa. Uh, it is, it is news that will hit closer to home than you might expect. So cliffhanger for our audience, Kenya, man, thanks for being you. You're awesome. Don't get teed up today. Tell <laughs> Michelle, we said, what's up, uh, to all of our listeners. We want to say thanks for joining us. Uh, We do this the second Thursday of every month, and we're interviewing great people like Kenyon who can share light and wisdom with the world. Um, Doesn't matter if you're emerging leader or a veteran leader, this session and these sessions are designed to help the leader go farther faster. 
So thanks for being with us. Thanks to Northwestern Mutual. Ashley and I are grateful that we partnered uh, with you, that we get to partner with you. And if you want to join future sessions, be sure to email Ashley at MontgomeryCompanies.com. She'll get you signed up. We'll see you again next month. Be well, be great. Have an amazing day.